0: Hi, and welcome to the Legal LGBT Podcast. I'm Eric Lesh, Executive Director of Legal, the LGBT Bar of New York. It's been a while since we've done a podcast on career development, finding opportunities, and the importance of networking. So that is what we're gonna talk about today, particularly since the pandemic has really changed the way that people look for jobs, find opportunities and what they want when they're seeking a job. Talk to Andrew Tighe. Andrew is a managing director of client development at Major Lindsay and Africa, which is a global recruiting and search firm that manages and places talent. And of course, At Legal, that's what we do as well. We help people with networking, mentoring opportunities, finding jobs with our career fair, and all of those kind of opportunities. So I figured we would think of this a little bit more as a conversation where I will talk a little bit about the value of networking and what it's done for my career and what I've seen it do for others. So let's dig right in. I'm so excited to talk about these topics. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? Hi, Eric, I'm doing well, how are you? Good. You're in the office today? Are you in the office most days this time? I or? have
1: I have returned to office 3 days a week. I think it's really good from a mental health perspective to just get out of your home and just the getting dressed and going back to work like I feel like I'm much more motivated to do work. So, it works for me.
0: Yeah, that's good. Do you see a lot of your colleagues?
1: Uh, I'm starting to see a return. Yeah, like it's not, it's not at 100% of where it was because a lot of colleagues moved, but um, to, on a day like today, like there's 15 people here, which is you know, more than there were back in January. So it, it's kind of nice.
0: That's good. So I'm, I'm really excited about the conversation that we're gonna be having today, which revolves around career advice and networking um, and all of the important pieces that go into really making a successful law career. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you. I'm hoping you can talk a little bit as we, as we begin about how you got to this point where now you're helping other people find fantastic jobs. Um, sure. You know, what was your journey like to get to that point before we launch into like, what have you learned as, as you've gone?
1: Sure. So I graduated from law school in 2011, took the bar, passed it, and started a career in personal injury litigation. Um, I quickly learned that, that it wasn't the right profession for me. But an advisor had said to me, you know, try three jobs before you give up your legal career, you worked very hard to, to get there. And so I went from one plaintiff of personal injury firm to two separate uh, insurance defense firms. And it was confirmed that that was not the career for me. And I did a lot of self-exploration into what is it that would make me happy? What are my like key strengths that I like to use? And I realized that through a lot of, you know, self-development that something with sales or people were, was like the intersection of what I needed to do. Um, I love people, I love helping people. And so I went into sales at an education startup that didn't continue to start up. And a friend of mine from law school introduced me to a recruiter at Major Lindsay in Africa. And she said to me, you know, I don't think I could place you anywhere because you don't have that correct experience but I think you'd be incredible on my team. And so five and a half years later, I'm here at Major Lindsay in Africa. I'm very happy. And my job is essentially schmoozing with people, taking people out, helping people. And it's just kind of like, like meant to be, but share it. Like this is where I, what I was supposed to be doing with my life.
0: It's so funny as you were talking. There are so many similarities in kind of my path and 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 how I got to be the executive director of the bar association, which is like I was at Lambda Legal. I was uh, an attorney there. Um, I always wanted to serve and work with people, but make people's lives better, right? And I started getting more involved in um, helping judges advance throughout their career, right? Making sure that we were getting people onto the bench. And it started to become kind of what I was passionate about was making sure that others were helped throughout their career. And now with the LGBT bar, it's very similar, like all of the student programming that we have, the mentoring, um, you know the networking opportunities that we're building. It just feels like it's so much. It comes naturally to me, and it's really something that I'm excited about. So,
1: yeah, uh, that's probably if, why we it, get along. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, it probably is, but I don't know. And I think this ties into the networking piece, right? A lot of people. Number one, a lot of people think networking, that's a really awful word. It means that you're using people or it's got some kind of negative connotation. And then to go along with that, a lot of people are, naturally introverted or, you know, they're, they they don't think that they have the skills to network, that that's, that that's for somebody who's more outgoing. I don't do that because I'm introverted. And, you know, for me, I, I consider myself to be mostly an introvert as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about your associations with networking, why you think that it's so important and how you can do it if you are a Netflix and chill kind of person?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I- I think networking is essentially the most important thing that anyone can do in their career, no matter what they do for a living. I mean, I think that in-person networking events can be harder on introverted people. I fully understand that I've been to plenty of of an event where I got stuck talking to one person and then then that was the whole networking event. And it's, doesn't really turn into anything other than potentially a friendship but the thing is you never know what's going to happen you might meet somebody and in five years that person is the general counsel of the company looking for to hire someone with your exact experience it's about it's about meeting people and then maintaining the relationship over a long amount of time like i reach out to people every single day who might not get back to me for two three years and then finally say I've seen your emails, I've seen your this, I've seen your that, I'm so excited to chat with you. Now is the time. So, you know, it is important. I will say that um, luckily one of the benefits of the past two years of COVID, of lockdown, was, was the Zoom event, uh, networking event. I feel like if you're an introvert, it's a lot easier to connect with people on a virtual networking event, which so many companies have, have started doing. Um, I mean, there's a number of companies like In-house Connect, which connects in-house attorneys who all can just sit and watch like a CLE and then you can see who's on that event and you can message them directly. So, you know, there's really just a lot of different ways for a person to connect, whether or not they're introverted or extroverted. And I think that, you know, you're only born knowing and you only grow up knowing a certain amount of people. And this internet age has allowed us to expand our networks and learn more and meet new people. LinkedIn is incredible for networking. So, you know, we're, we're in a really lucky time for people who are either introverted or extroverted who need to learn how to network.
0: And I think that part of it is redefining what you think networking really is. I mean, you started off by talking about Major Lindsay in Africa and how, I don't know if you were even looking for a job at the time that you met the person who ended up offering, saying, we would work really well together, I think you'd be good at this. But that came from not you putting a resume on their table and hoping you get that job. It was more a natural kind of experience that happened because you were in the right place at the right time, but you put yourself in those situations.
1: Right. Yes, definitely. I mean, that connection happened because a friend of mine from law school I had reached out to because I was interested in exploring what to do with my life. And she connected me to a recruiter, which is another form of networking. It's just, you know, if you, whoever, you know, probably knows five other people in the same profession, at least, and can definitely introduce you to anyone. And I have, I feel like, you know, in this world, I've learned if you don't ask, you don't get it's kind of a yeah, a big deal. And, and if you ask people for assistance, 99% of the time, people want to help out. I mean, there's always going to be a few bad apples, but most people are are happy to introduce you to people because helping people is kind of You know, an incredible thing.
0: It's that, and also, you never know when that person that you just helped out is going to help you out one day.
1: Yeah, Um, you got to pay it forward.
0: You really do, and 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 a career is basically that way. I was talking to, there was somebody that was very senior to me at Lambda. Um, you know, going back a few years that now um, the other day I serve as the chair of the Judiciary Committee at the National LGBT Bar Association, and they were like asking for help with the federal judgeship. And you think like these things change your position in life and where you are and you pay it forward because you can help somebody. But there's a real chance that that person is you're building that network, that the person that you helped is going to help you one day too, um, because Correct. our worlds are really interconnected. Um, and you mentioned, I'm, I'm wondering if you know one of the things that I thought about while you were talking about places to network and who you could network with is. Who, how do you define what a network looks like? How do you know, like, that's a valuable person for me to try to speak to, or that's a kind of event that I should probably attend? How do you limit the, yeah, I could meet a million different types of lawyers. How do I narrow the, the field and find people that are going to help me the most in my network?
1: Well, I mean, in in my case, I'm always looking to speak to people with the title counsel up to general counsel at an in-house corporation or a partner at a law firm, a managing partner at a law firm. Honestly, LinkedIn is the best tool for anything. You can find anybody on LinkedIn. You could search a company, then it'll spotlight what that company does and who the key players are there. Um, so basically kind of knowing what you're looking for definitely helps. I mean, you could even Google top 10, 100 companies that do X, Y, and Z kind of work that you're looking for, whether it be legal or non-legal. And then you click on LinkedIn, everyone has a profile, mostly everyone has a profile. And you could see who anyone with a C-suite level title is or anyone there. I mean, if you reach out to people at a company, you might not get an answer on the first um, the first reach out, but eventually, people, someone will respond to you. Were you
0: Were you the type that What advice would you give to law students? Right, like, um, you know, you you I I got so much advice. Um, when I was in law school that was around getting good grades, forming an outline, um, getting on a uh, law review, um, joining you know the trial mock, mock trial advocacy, all of that that was very focused on being involved in school. And I certainly built networks that I'm still friends with a lot of those folks at school. Um, but truthfully, there's so much that happens outside of school that's so much these days nobody cares what my GPA was or uh, what courses I took but there were so many valuable internships I had an internship every single semester at law school and those were where I really did most of my important relationship building that I feel like I've carried through what advice would you give to law students about like how to set their sights on building their career that goes beyond the, what grade they're going to get on an exam?
1: First off, I think that if there's, there's a few different paths to be taken. There's obviously the path of get good grades, get the top 10% of your class, go to a big firm, start your career like that. That's an, a stellar way to uh, start a legal career if that's what you're interested in. Um, I think there's also the public interest route, which is definitely of uh, no, like of noteworthiness. And if you are interested in that path and you know they have a great loan forgiveness program, then I think that you have to start affiliating yourself with government programs or any sort of nonprofits that kind of speak to whatever your affinity is. I mean, I know that when I was in law school, I was looking at the gay men's health crisis, the LGBT bar. I actually interned for LEGAL, the LGBT Bar Association of New York, when I was in law school, because um, in New York at least, I know that we had to do a requisite pro bono hours, which I use towards LEGAL. So I think it's just important to get involved with something that speaks to you. I mean, usually if you go to an organization that is an affinity of yours, you're probably gonna find people who have similar interests to you, who also you can speak with passionately about things in said organization. And I mean, it could turn into a job or it could just turn into people that you know that down the road could be a great network for you to have developed. You touched on
0: something that I think is so important and that's kind of going after things that suit your interests, right? Yeah. Don't waste your time building networks with things. It it makes no difference for me to try to build a certain type of network if I have no interest in that particular thing. There right. are, um, even with resumes, I'm sure that cross your desk and as people are are thinking about applying for a job, if you're sitting here going, eh, it's probably, I don't really, how can I stretch myself to really fit this role? then it's probably not going to work out for either of you. That person probably getting not. a resume is sitting there going, why did this person apply? It doesn't seem like the right fit. They're, they look incredible, but this isn't what we're looking for. Um, it should feel like with your networking, with the jobs that you apply for, that you're kind of looking for something that you're passionate about, that suits
1: you. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that I think that's the story of all of life. If, even if it's not work, if it's a hobby, you should find things that make you happy in this world because life is short. And so if you can find some way to incorporate that into your career or your networking. I mean, that's gonna be the most effortless, um, especially for the introverts out there who can probably open up a little bit and talk about, you know, go to an LGBT bar event and, and, and meet people who are like-minded because it's probably easier to talk to them than a straight cisgendered white man who, that, you know is not a member of that community
0: it's true and i think you know even thinking about legal events we had the career fair right so the idea of i think anybody would be terrified by the prospect of walking up to somebody behind a table where the 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 format is get up there and tell them why you should work at their firm or you know that it right. feels like an interview but we have just as many events that are like we throw a judicial reception and there are all these LGBT judges there and maybe you're looking for a clerkship, maybe you just think these are important people to know. We're just standing around drinking and law students (laughs) have the opportunity to walk up to, you know, one of the justices on the highest court in New York and say, and talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, not about the law and make an important connection. And I think, you know, that's as much for people that are terrified about networking, it doesn't have to feel that way, but you have to be smart about the way you do it.
1: Yes, and frankly, it it seems intimidating to walk up to a judge, as you said, but that judge is a judge during the day and at night has their own personal life, you know? And that person is a human being just like you, just like me, who's probably interested in talking about things other than work, which I'm sure we all know what that's like, you know?
0: Right, and probably appreciates you know, if you're going to go and approach somebody that you're nervous about talking about or you know something about them, you might not want to go up and talk to about an opinion that just came down from their Correct. Home, right? Or, you know, there's, there's a way to build a natural relationship with somebody. But again, you don't want to be too overly casual um, right. when you're dealing with somebody that maybe um, could make a future impact on your career. So it's definitely finding a balance
1: yeah, but, no, it's a very fine line.
0: But it's about being authentic, too.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: What's the biggest mistake that you see kind of people making as they're looking for a job, um, either on their resume or in their career search? Or is there a piece of a, like advice that you would give to somebody um, that, that comes from seeing them do it wrong?
1: I mean, I think that there are a lot of mistakes that one can make. I think it goes back to what we were just saying is to like do something that you're actually passionate about because then you're going to enjoy your career. Um, I, I think that a lot of people get um, duped into like, well, I have to go into big law and I have to do this so that I can make a lot of money. And then they're miserable. So, you know, that probably is um not the best career move. Um, Granted, as I said, it is a great career path. And if that is something you're interested in, definitely go into that. Um, But I think that, like I know, for example, myself, like I was so desperate to get a job that I took the first thing that came my way. And then I was pigeonholed into that world of litigation. I think that had I actually thought thoroughly about what it was that I was passionate about, how I wanted to work in the law, how I wanted to get involved, I might have had a completely different career path, and don't get me wrong, I'm very happy with my career path and where I am now, but I, I feel like I just settled and took the first job that came my way, so I never really got to practice the kind of law that I would have wanted to practice, and I probably relied too much on other people than doing it for myself to find out what it is that I would have wanted to do and getting that job. Because, you know, not to get too pokey, but like, I believe in the power of the universe. And if you put something out there, you get it back when you try hard enough to get it.
0: I believe that too. Um, In one way or another, I think that we're all working towards something and building the world that we live in, right? The decisions that we make create the kind of circumstances that we live in, right? So it definitely resonates with me. But I also feel like, you know, wanting to tell you and anybody out there, I had a crap job right out of law school too, that I, and even a lot of the internships that I took were like, I was I was thinking I was gonna be in politics. And so I wanted to be someone's chief of staff one day. Those were the kind of internships. And yes, by doing those internships, did I limit myself in some respects because I wasn't litigating or I wasn't doing something else. Um, Probably. I I definitely took some things off the table by making those choices. But like nobody should think of their career as, well, when you get out of law school, this job that you have right now is going to define the kind of lawyer and person you're going to be five years from
1: now. Do you find yeah. that to be true? Well, well, I mean, following up on what you're saying, like look at both of us. We both have now transformed our careers into something that makes us happy. And Eric, you know you might say that you wanted to be in politics your road is you're not at the end of the train ride you know like that could happen in the future I think that if there's something that you really want you go after it and you try and you try and you try and you don't give up because it'll happen it's not made on day one it it, you know life's a journey and um if there's something that you're really passionate about the universe will get you there you know like I I know that I'm pretty content in my career but I don't know that this is the end of the road for me. I I feel like there's more greatness out there for me.
0: Have you seen anybody's, um, when people come and meet with you post COVID, um, well, not post COVID, we're still living in a COVID era, but like post uh, quarantine and lockdown, right? Where people, I feel like for me and for people I've talked to, um, there's this sense of like, that they want a work schedule that fits more with their lifestyle, that they want to live in a way that and work in a way that makes them feel fulfilled and happy, and that they have more autonomy and choice. Have you noticed any shifts in the job market and how people are looking for um, to create their work life? Um, that's changed in some significant way.
1: Oh yeah, I mean the the market has shifted in a completely different way. I mean, you know, companies are quote unquote mandating people come back, but they also are flexible and they realize that. A lot of they won't retain top talent if they require people to be in the office because there are people now who live, you know, from one Airbnb B B to the next and just travel the world. And that's that's the lifestyle. So companies have become much more adaptable. Law firms have become much more adaptable. I mean, you know, they're they're requiring people to come in, but they're not mandating it. They're just just kind of like a heavy suggestion. Um, And it's not five days a week. I mean, that life, that five days a week in the office thing, that doesn't exist. When we get clients reaching out and saying they want someone five days a week in the office, we say, that's just not going to happen. Like, that is not the life that we live anymore. And if COVID's done anything positively, it's been that everyone, I I mean, people are working harder, but there's more of this work-life balance and that you don't have to be at an office. You don't have to commute to it. Um, and companies are realizing that they have to appreciate their employees more so than they ever did before.
0: Is it okay to for to have work? What what does work life balance mean to you? Like, what does that what does that mean?
1: Um, you know, for me, I, my career is my life, but it's not the only aspect of my life. Like, I have a I have a very big social life I have a very very big social circle I have activities and hobbies that I pursue outside of my career um for example I started taking an acting class recently just because why not and so um to me a work-life balance is that whilst I love my career and it's great and it helps me to have financial stability it is not the be-all and end-all to my life like I don't want to uh I don't want to be the person in the cemetery with the gravestone that says he wishes he worked harder.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I actually have an acting background too, right? I had a BFA yeah. in people theater before I went to law school, which which also is like, Life life hands you a ton of transitions and you need to roll with them. If I looked back on the person that I was when I was in acting school and said, you're going to be a lawyer one day and, you know, he would have been, he would have laughed at at me. Right. Um, so you don't know where you're going and you do have to be open, but you also have to make a lot of smart choices um, based on what what's going to make you happy. Correct. Um, yeah, I think that's so true. So yeah. um, in thinking about, I think a lot of people think um, the the trap is that we think, uh, how do I find a job that that's going to want me? Um, instead of, uh, you know, how do I find that, is this job going to make me happy? Is this something that I want to do? How do people flip their mindsets so they think about, or what should they be? How do you know if a job is right for you, if you should take it, if this is the right move. Um, What are people looking for to build their careers and how did they know if they're making the right decision?
1: Well, first off, I'll say that, you know, the the mindset of our parents of you work at a job and you work there for 50 years until you retire and it has to be the perfect job and I'm going to love it so much is gone. Um, Nowadays, you can take a job and leave it after seven months. I mean, there was a whole article i believe last year that was saying about somebody who started a job in the beginning of 2021 and left for a better job at the end of 2021 because they never even like became a part of the organization i mean the opportunity to try something and leave it unfortunately for an employer exists much higher for an employee so you know you don't need to go into a job being like oh my god this is the job that's going that i'm going to stay at till my life is over if there's something of interest, you go for it and you try it out and you can always fail and you get back up and try something else. So um, I, I think that that COVID and, and the shifting market has taught us that you should try, take risks and see if it's something you like. I also think that, you know, an interview for a candidate is just as important for them as it is for the, for the person, who the, the employer. You know, like if you're on an interview and you genuinely do not like the person interviewing you and that's the person you're going to work for, well, I think that that's your indicator that you probably shouldn't work at that place. And I think that in this day and age, we are seeing such a push for uh, diversity and inclusion. And if that's not part of the core tenet of of the organization that you were interviewing at then it's probably going to maintain itself as a place that doesn't promote diversity and inclusiveness, and therefore, maybe not the best move for you to take that job.
0: So do you recommend that folks do things um, to make sure that they're getting themselves involved with a firm that values, whether it's their identity or the way that they want to construct their work-life balance? What's the best way to kind of suss that out uh, to make sure that this might be a fit that i'm looking in the right area
1: yeah so i mean you can google i mean when you're doing research on any company obviously look up i i know this is the lgbt bar Pop podcast i presume that a lot of the people who are listening to this are of that um demographic make sure that the firm that you're looking up has some sort of commitment to inclusiveness maybe not Maybe you're the first LGBT person and that's fine, but make sure that they care about that kind of stuff and that you're not gonna walk in there and feel like you were just thrown to the wolves. Um, I mean, I, I feel like you should be doing thorough research on a company before you accept an opportunity at that company um, for both your sake and for the, the organization's sake as well.
0: And can you? you're a member of the LGBT Bar Association's board of directors. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, what, how you can use extracurricular work or pro bono work to also be advancing, you know, not just your values and what feeds you and give back, but also to think as an investment in, um, in your long-term goals and career and the type of lawyer that you want to be?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, if, you know, with, with the LGBT Bar Association, especially in this day and age where, you know, the Governor DeSantis just signed into law that terrible Don't Say Gay bill. I mean, the purpose of the LGBT Bar Association is to uh, uh, inter alia, promote LGBT judges onto the bench, to be aligned with something that's going to advance your own life as well as the life of the people around you. I mean, those poor children who live in the state of Florida, who are going to have to deal with this terrible legislation. And so therefore, I think being aligned with an organization that's going to combat something like that, or an organization that's going to help further your interests or the interests of the people that you love. And I I think, you know, that kind of pro bono work is definitely important because, you know, we're all, this is a democracy. We all should care about one another. We should you know, love everyone and treat everyone equally and kindly. And if you have the time to do some sort of work to help those around you who can't speak up for themselves, then that's a great way to add to your life.
0: That's a beautiful way to kind of wrap this up because, I mean, it's a cliche that so many people say, well, why did you go to law school? I want to help people. But the truth is, um, that is why many people go to law school. Um, and besides the very top of the class that may go on to make, you know, the the six-figure salary that we all envision lawyers make, uh, for a lot of us, it's a lot of hours and low pay. And you do it because you want to do something to improve people's lives. And I think Correct. that is true. Do you yeah. have one piece of... Uh, like if we were ending with a call to action, what you would say is one action that people could do right now if they were looking to either build their network, take that next step in their career, um, What what's the advice that you would give them to do?
1: Well, I think that the biggest piece of advice is to have some sort of clarity with what you want to do. Because the second that you shift your mind into a state of, this is what I want, and this is how I will work towards it, all of a sudden, the, the pieces of the puzzle start coming together. And don't get me wrong, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And the universe brought me into this career. And, and I help people and I knew that I wanted to help people. But um, having some sort of like, direction or some sort of, of idea of where you want to go will help you get to that place. Um, And therefore, I think it whether it's through your own self-therapy or through reading a book on some sort of self-help, just getting some sort of clarity and and thinking about what you want will help you get there.
0: I think that's right. And you don't have to have a 10-year plan, right? You can set your goal as short as you know, what do I want within this next year? Right. Where do I see myself in three? You don't have to say, what's my career, ultimate career goal. I'm going to end up a federal judge. Right. Correct. Um, Correct. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It's been so great to see and talk to you. um, And to hopefully this has been really helpful to people who are trying to build their networks and think about their next steps.
1: Yes, for sure. Definitely happy to help. And You know i'm very happy to be a part of the lgbt bar and look forward to everything else that comes from it
0: and while we're on the topic we are going to be hosting at legal our very next networking mixer which is part of our mentorship program You can join us on April 11th at The Q, which is a bar in New York City, if you're in that area, in Hell's Kitchen. Um, And if you're not on our mailing list, please sign up so that you get our emails. Uh, This is a great networking opportunity. We also have free drink tickets for the first 75 RSVPs. There are going to be a ton of young professionals and law students there with older, more senior professionals. And thank you so much for listening. This and future episodes of the Legal LGBT Podcast can be found online on iTunes, on Spotify, and all the places where you get your podcasts. Please leave us comments, leave us a rating. It's how other people discover us. We'll be back very soon with the Law Notes episode of the Legal LGBT Podcast.